on episode number 12 of the Smashcast. It is all on number 35. The Predators have a problem named Pecorine, and it's time to ask some tough questions about where the Nashville Predators go next after losing Tuesday night in Minnesota and giving up eight goals, including five in the third period, to fall to the Edmonton Oilers at home on Monday night. Is there a better option for the Predators down at the AHL? Uh, we're going to discuss the possibility of Connor Ingram joining the Nashville Predators roster before the season is over. But we'll also pinpoint some other problems on this Nashville Predators team. Diving deeper uh, into the back-to-back losses uh, in Nashville on Monday night and last night in the XL Energy Center in Minnesota. Episode number 12 of the Smash Cast. Let's do it. In-depth coverage of the Nashville Predators in a 104.5 The Zone digital exclusive. This is the Smash Cast with Will Bowling and Mark Howard. So welcome back into the Smashcast here on the 104.5 The Zone Podcast Network alongside Mark Howard. My name is Will Bowling. Uh, jumping into this back-to-back uh, over Monday and Tuesday night uh, as we talk to you on a Wednesday morning here uh, at 104.5 The Zone. Um, and Mark, we'll, we'll get into Monday night's loss here coming up in a minute uh, because I want to have a big discussion today about Pecorine and about um, how things have kind of gone from bad to worse uh, for him and goal, especially on Monday night uh, against Leon Dreisaitl and the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, but let's start with last night. The Predators fall to the Minnesota Wild 3-1. to one. Uh, Kevin Fiala has a goal uh, to maybe make that a little bit uh, a little bit tougher. Um, but they also had a really good day on the penalty kill, um, and it just, again, goes to the inconsistency of this team. Uh, they kill off a lot of penalties, but they ultimately fall short uh, on Tuesday night in Minnesota. Oh, absolutely, and uh, I think what was most disturbing, Will, about the game was the way the Preds came out. You know, you get lathered at home to Edmonton, you know, you would, and, and your coach really dresses you down after the game, talking about how soft you were uh, with the puck in puck battles, how lackadaisical you were, uh, and just, you know, showed no passion at all. Uh, in a in a third period where the game was tied three three, where you'd come from behind twice, so last night, of course, they allowed that that first goal to Luke Coonan. Uh, uh, Joel Erickson Eck, you know, made the pass to him, but Dante Fabro was about three area codes out of position, you know, and and I know that Matthias Ekholm uh, was behind the was behind the net, puck kind of got stuck. Uh, in the ports, uh, and, and he had a hard time getting it out, but still. And then the, and then the Wild come off a power play, and and Parisi scores to make it two, or Fiala rather, with a just an unbelievable goal, to, which sort of haunts the Predators since they traded him away last year. But you know, getting outshot initially twenty to seven, coming off an eight to three loss, uh, does not speak well, uh, you know, for. Uh, the pushback or lack thereof that this team seems to exhibit. Well, it seems like when a team gets blown out like that and immediately has to get back out there, uh, it can either be a good thing because you immediately put that game and performance behind you, uh, or if there there can also be a hangover effect, then it can be a very bad thing. Uh, and I would I would certainly lean that direction for the Predators last night. To me, though, it's also weird to see this Nashville team play so many of its former players. Uh, uh, with with kind of the way Paul Fenton has built that team uh, in Minnesota. Dean Evison, of course, 
uh, there as well, a former Milwaukee Admirals coach for a lot of these uh, young core guys that were uh, a big part of the Nashville Stanley Cup final run. Uh, but, of course, you got Kevin Fiala, who, who has been – uh, so hot as of late. You've got Ryan Hartman. Uh, you've got Brad Hunt, uh, certainly a, a smaller piece of that cast of characters. Uh, but it's so interesting to me watching Nashville play against this Minnesota team and have so many familiar faces. Uh, but again, it was Minnesota uh, getting the best of Nashville. And again, it's Kevin Fiala. I mean, it, this guy has taken advantage of his change of scenery and like Mikhail Granlund is starting to really look like the player that Minnesota hoped he would be. Yeah, uh, and yeah, you know, let me say this first, uh, you know, to be fair. When David Poyle made the trade last year for Grantland, you know, you had some misgivings about letting uh, somebody like Fiala walk away, but he was a defensive liability, and his intensity, uh, you know, was a big question mark. Sure. So it wasn't like it was clear-cut that you were trading a star in the making. Uh, what they were doing was they were trading away about four or five years of experience you know, trading away a younger Fiala uh, who, you know, had four or five years until free agency for Grantland, who had last year and all of this year uh, on an expiring contract. Grantland was a 70-point player at times in Minnesota. He hasn't been that here. And we can sit here and talk about how great he's been uh, under John Hines, and to a degree that's true. Uh, but, you know, some people will tell you too little too late. Uh, whatever the case, Minnesota, you know, is absolutely is winning big in this trade. Kevin Fiala is going to be about a seventy-point player this year, and maybe more down the road. And he is everything the Predators don't have, and that is a dynamic young forward, uh, you know, who is still on his second contract on a bridge contract. Uh, the other part of Brad Hunt. You know, ne- really never suited up for the no, Predators. <laughs> he was <laughs> eating, you know, he was eating during the games. Uh, and Ryan Hartman represented, frankly, uh, you know, an unsuccessful trade by David Poyle. Uh, but, you know, it was kind of a wash, really. Uh, but whatever the case, you know, Hartman sort of has a role on Minnesota. He's going to score probably eight or nine goals this season. And he's become a bottom six forward. And that's sort of who he is. So I wanted to touch a little bit on last night's game, but the big topic of today's show and I think the big conversation uh, around the Nashville Predators right now uh, is Pecorine. Uh, things have gone from bad to, quite frankly, uh, embarrassing on Monday night for him and for the entire team. Um, you're tied 3-3 three to three going into the third period, and Pecorine and the Predators, I won't just put it on Pecorine, uh, give up five goals in the third period to fall 8-3, to three, uh, to the Edmonton Oilers, four of those goals coming uh, from Leon Dreisaitl. Um, it, it's sad to watch uh, because I, I feel like number 35 is likely the first that's ever going to hang in the rafters of Bridgestone Arena when Pecorine does call it quits. Um, uh, but at this point, I hate to say it, but Pecorine is is slowly but surely becoming um, a big reason why the Predators could miss the playoffs because the Predators have a lot of back-to-backs and are going to have to rely on a second goaltender. And uh, for me right now, I don't know how you pick up the pieces after a performance like that in the year Pecorine has had uh, to give this team meaningful minutes down the stretch. Well, a couple of things. Uh, Talk me down might, from the ledger. I might tap the brakes a little <laughs> bit on that for a okay. couple of reasons. And I know that uh, Adam Vingen uh, in The Athletic kind of wrote Pekka's professional obituary. I've got that queued up Pekka's, to talk about next. <laughs> Pekka's not Pekka anymore. 
and yeah, you, you look at his numbers this year, and I, I can't disagree with them. But Pekka was playing well, and then he got sick. Pekka had three or four uh, good games in a row, and then got sick and missed a bunch of time. And John Hines didn't put him in against Colorado, a team he absolutely owns in terms of his lifetime record against them. Uh, and he did. He had a terrible game. I'm not going to sit here and say otherwise. And I know he's frustrated because for one of the few times I can remember, Peckett didn't talk to the media after the game, which is so unlike him. But that was telling for sure. It was, and I think that reflects his frustration and disappointment. I think he was embarrassed, and I, it probably felt like a little bit that uh, he thought maybe Hines should have taken him out earlier, that Hines kind of hung him out to dry. But I think he understood it's like a pitcher – uh, in a blowout, and sometimes you got to take one for the team because they needed Soros the next night. But once it got to seven, I, I, I think John Hines felt like uh, no moss, and he and he made the change. And uh, yeah, you know, Pekka, a few of those were definitely soft goals. There's no, the second one, you yeah. know, just can't happen. And uh, a few of those in the third period, absolutely. I, st- I I'm going to be interested to see what Hines does. Because I think Peck is going to play uh, in the road trip next week, at least one game, and I think that I think that might be his last chance. Sure. The, th- the the problem is they're running short on games. Saros has obviously been the more consistent goaltender, putting out the better numbers, and at least right now, I think they feel like uh, Pekka does not give them their best chance to win, and that that hurts me to say that for somebody that I've covered, and, and I got to tell you. Uh, they don't get any better as human beings and people to cover than Pecorine. Uh, you know, listen, he's one of Vezina. He's taken this team to the final. He's done a lot of phenomenal things. I think without question, he's the most popular player in the history of the franchise. And I know the Predators will treat him with respect. Uh, you know, this is not going to be, uh, you know, some kind of a salary dump. And that's a whole other issue in the offseason yeah, when you got Connor Ingram mm-hmm. having a great year in Milwaukee. But it's going to be tough. I mean, you look at Pekka's numbers, and they're not good. And Pekka might end up being that guy that can't be a number two, that, that just you know has to be a number one goaltender. And that's a determination the coach and the general manager are going to have to make in the offseason. But for now, Will, I think you're going to see maybe Pekka at least one more time and if he doesn't play well, they'll probably ride Soros to the finish. So uh, taking a look at some of those numbers you mentioned, uh, he has a goal saved above expectation uh, of minus 21.37. Uh, those, uh, is, a lot of the metrics, he's 47th, 48th in. Uh, when you look at goaltenders who have faced at least 1,000 unblocked shot attempts respectively, uh, and Monday night, that's a career high for him and eight goals allowed. I cannot ever remember a night uh, where Pecorine looked the way he did on Monday. Uh, and he also leads the NHL in 11, uh, quote, really bad starts uh, of under 85%. Um, so uh, when you talk about next steps, say it doesn't go well for Pecorine next week on this road trip. Uh, is it possible? Uh, and I'm going to just throw this out there. You feel free to shoot me down completely. Uh, but is it possible we see Connor Ingram make his debut this year in in goal for the Nashville Predators if things go from really bad to really, really, really bad for Pecorino in the next couple weeks? Maybe. Uh, it's possible. Uh, I want to see what he does his next time out. 
Uh, they might tell him, Pekka, you're hurt. You're going on IR. Uh, that's a possibility. Uh, I know they don't want to embarrass him, but, uh, you know, making the playoffs, team first, and I think he understands that. Yeah, I, I don't think it's totally out of play. But a couple of things here, and, and it, you know, the stats are the stats, uh, and that's you know, hard to dispute. But I would also venture to say that the Predators played as poorly in front of Pekka as I can remember at almost any time in his career. I mean, there, there, were, there were some years where they didn't make the playoffs and they weren't very good. But Pekka sort of rose above it. But this year, you know, kind of a different game than it was 10 years ago when he broke into the league. And I'm just telling you that, you know, he hasn't gotten great support from his decor. Uh, and he certainly didn't the other night. But, you know, no excuses. I mean, that's, that's just sort of the way it goes. So th- there are some mitigating circumstances. And the other thing, Will, you know, uh, just sort of breaking away from the whole Rene deal, the stat that keeps coming up that keeps bothering – many of us, you know, with the Preds, is how poor an offensive team they, they've been. Absolutely. Um, last night, high danger chances. Minnesota had 12, the Predators two. Uh, the night before against Edmonton, Edmonton, I think, had 12. The Predators had six. And, and I mean, this is – Calgary had way more high danger. And, and those are the really juicy scoring chances. You're not seeing this. This team is playing soft. They're not getting inside. They're not getting to the net. Uh, and, and they were for a while, uh, but they're not doing that now. But as far as the other end of the ice, you know, they've adapted to a whole different type of defensive scheme uh, to use uh, the football parlance. They're playing zone. They used to play man under LaViolette. And for a while, it looked like it was working. So I don't know what the problem is. But, uh, yeah, you know, it, just circling back to Pekka, uh, some of it's been on him. Some of it's been on his defense. And that's going to be, again, for the GM and the coach to decide uh, where he is. He's got one more year left on a, on a no-trade contract, uh, $6 million. So even if they want to dump his salary, they're really not in a position to do that given their precarious cap situation. Uh, I'll tell you what Connor Ingram isn't. He's not a Jordan Bennington. Uh, because I think a lot of fans are going to look at St. Louis last year and see this young goalie coming in and injecting all this energy, uh, and all of a sudden the Blues just magically make this run, and fans think it's because of Jordan Bennington. Yes, he made a a, a big piece of that, but uh, Jordan Bennington's don't grow on trees. You're not just going to bring up a guy in Connor Ingram, and he's going to immediately be your number one goaltender. But Jordan Bennington was also a fifth was the fifth string goaltender at the beginning of well, last year. Yeah. I mean, he he might have been a great prospect, but he sort of came out of nowhere. Yeah, Connor Ingram's biggest problem has sort of been Connor Ingram, his personality. Sure. He fought with his uh, AHL coach last year, so much so that they sent him down uh, to the Central League. This year, he's been happy in Milwaukee, putting up just incredible numbers for a team that's just absolutely running away with things yeah, they are, in the AHL. <laughs> Uh, so I I don't think any of us are sure who Connor Ingram is. He might come up here and lay an egg. He might come up here and be one of those, you know, short-term sensations. I I, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't really think goaltending is the biggest issue with this team. Sure. They need to put the puck in the net more. Uh, they need to be better on the power play. Uh, they need to They need to get their good players, you know, playing – you know, up to their capabilities because we're just not seeing it. Uh, one guy who did finally uh, find that back of the net uh, against Colorado, Victor Arvidsson. 
uh, kind of a classic RV hustle goal as he kind of broke away from the defense, uh, made a nice little shot uh, to get the Predators back in that game. And uh, talk about demoralizing losses, the way the Predators lost that one. Uh, also certainly a, a frustrating way to lose. Um, uh, but Victor Arvidsson's a guy this team needs a lot more of, but they also need a lot more uh, of the big trio that we've talked a lot about on this podcast. And Ryan Johansson and Matt Duchesne and Philip Forsberg, and we were talking right before we turned these mics on, it's, all, it's, it's embarrassing for the whole team the way they lost to Edmonton. It's also embarrassing that Leon Dreisaitl matched the offensive output of all three of those guys basically in the last month uh, in one game against the Nashville Predators. Leon Dreisaitl scored more goals than Duchesne, Johansson, and Forsberg combined in the month of February. <laughs> he had four goals and one assist, five points. Uh, Forsberg had uh, no goals and six assists. Duchesne, one and four. Johansson, two and three. The whole month of February. And, and, and that was in a leap year. That pretty much sums it up right there. <laughs> it does. It does. And uh, it's got to be crushingly frustrating for David Poyle to look at this team that he rolled the dice on. He felt like if he kept them together, and just when he thought things had turned around, they're on a three-game losing streak. Facing a team they've had a really hard time against uh, the last couple of years uh, coming in on Thursday. Well, that, that certainly sums up this episode, sums up uh, pretty much everything we've talked about over the past couple of weeks. We are just uh, rays of sunshine. We're, we're really, really, it is what we are feeling the love. It's a beautiful day outside. It's a gloomier one in this studio right now, uh, talking about the last couple of days. Hopefully, we'll, we'll have some more positive stuff to talk about. Uh, if you want some positive stuff, I'm recording a Tennessee podcast about their win over Kentucky here in a couple hours. So uh, you can find that on the 104.5 Podcast Network as well, unless you're a Kentucky fan. I guess. Mark, appreciate the time. Always.